I'm calling for a sexual revolution. Let's talk about adult content on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny coming to you again this week, and I don't think you're going to get lost on the irony of the title this week. As I mentioned in the opener, we're going to talk about adult content. Now, when you hear that, it actually creates this connotation in your mind of what we're going to be talking about. But that's exactly what we're going to be talking about is not so much the adult content, but the phrase, the term adult content. So bear with me as I explain exactly what this is all about. And with that being said, again, I'm going to recommend parental discretion for this episode as we dig into some serious topics, um, And again, there's a certain irony connected to what I'm saying here. And again, I'm going to say that teenagers, I think, is completely appropriate for them to listen if you parents uh, feel that it's appropriate for them uh, because they need to hear this calling for a sexual revolution. And it starts with their generation for sure. You know, I like to talk about the age of innocence. So I dug into the word innocence, dug deeper into it and I feel like I feel like our society in relation to sex is just messed up. That's all I can say and it, it, it happens over time as a cultural culture erodes and as morality gets further and further away from the Lord's perfect will and plan for us and the understanding that his perfect will and plan is for us. It's not to restrain us or to frustrate us. It's to keep us healthy and safe and secure and to operate in his perfect ways. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. That means when we follow his precepts, when we follow his plan, it actually is a higher way of living. And wouldn't we all want that for us and for our children? And so that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to connect to his perfect culture, heaven's culture, as it's displayed here on this earth. And we are to be the ones who represent it, represent it here on this earth. You know, if you look up in Webster, the word innocence, you know, it says the state quality or fact of being innocent of a crime or an offense. That That's certainly one we can connect to. Lack of guile or corruption and purity is innocence. But interestingly, it says it's used euphemistically to refer to a person's virginity. Well, that kind of makes sense, too, as we talk talk about innocence. You know, it says the notion of innocence refers to children's simplicity, their lack of knowledge, and their purity not yet spoiled by mundane affairs. An interesting sentence. Such innocence is taken as the promise of a renewal by the world, of the world, by the children. It's an interesting phrase, and I, and I like it because 
it's a there's a children's simplicity that's connected to it. Does that sound familiar when the Bible says that we're supposed to come to him like little children? There's a simplicity connected to it. Now, it's saying that there could be an ignorance connected to it as well, and that does apply in a great degree when we talk about children and sexuality, of course. But where our society gets so messed up and confused is that we actually have societal boundaries that we've placed as a culture, as a society, not just as a Christian culture, but just as even a secular culture. And we actually have statutory rape laws that I think are completely appropriate, and most people would. You know, a statutory rape law says a person who has sex with a person under a certain age, known as the, quote, the age of consent, end quote, risk criminal charges and jail or prison sentence. Listen to this. Even if the younger person is a willing partner and neither partner is an adult. Now, the statutory rape law's age, that age of consent in the United States of America is age 18, And so we as a society have decided together that when you are under the age of 18, that there is a a misunderstanding, an ignorance, a innocence that's actually with children that they cannot consent to sexual activity. And we see that as problematic if they do, because why? Because it hurts them. It causes problems. There's a, there's a potential for abuse connected with this. And so we figure that we're going to create these laws because the laws um, actually help protect our children. It makes perfect sense. And yet we live or and sometimes we, we operate in our society and culture completely outside of any boundary when it comes to sexuality. It makes no sense. To read further, in general, when two minors under the age of consent engage in quote-unquote consensual sex with one another, they, this was news to me, they are both open to statutory rape charges. Since it would be a strange or unjust result to throw love-struck teens into jail for having consensual sex, many states have passed so-called Romeo and Juliet laws, which usually has to do with as long as they're not the age isn't too far apart, usually about four years or so, then it's kind of okay. So we've actually had to, again, move that boundary around a little bit. Why? Because our society and our culture has completely blown it up. And so as things become more common, we tend to think that it becomes actually normal. And it's become so common, my friends, that this sometimes this underage consensual sex is encouraged by parents, or at the very least not discouraged. And this is, is blows my mind because even society and culture feels like it's dangerous for children under the age of consent of of consent to have sex with one another or to have sex with anyone. So it leads me to my next topic. I mean, it frustrates me because it is so rampant and widespread when you actually look at the statistics of it. And yet our culture from the very beginning has actually set up laws that in some circumstances would call it rape. It blows my mind. How screwed up is this? Those laws are there to protect our children. And yet we as parents have no concern. We have no worry. We sometimes even encourage sexual experimentation and activity with our children. What is going on? 
So how do we determine age of consent? Or the better question is, when do we become an adult? You know, I looked up the word adult and many of the words that are synonymous with the word is not ignorant or mature or responsible. There's an age where now we are fully developed and completely understand an age of understanding. But again, in our society and our culture, which just flabbergasts me when we hear the word adult, like at the beginning of this podcast, adult content an adult bookstore, it has a completely different meaning to it, doesn't it? It actually is a meaning of sexual immorality is connected to it. So when we go and see an adult bookstore, you would think that it's for the mature and for the smart, for those who aren't ignorant. It's a bookstore for those who are more responsible. (laughs) It's not that at all. We all know what an adult bookstore is, don't we? It's not that at all. So why is it that when we become an adult, all of a sudden, this age of innocence is thrown away and it no longer applies to us? And we throw all morality out the window and we go to an adult bookstore, an adult superstore that we see on the side of the road. You know, it's, it's, it's wild when I, I Googled the word adult. I don't recommend doing this at home. <laughs> I didn't click on anything. I just put in the word adult, not adult bookstore, not adult content, just the word adult in a Google search. And these were the three things that popped up. Risky business, novelties and videos, like a kitten, adult entertainment store, pure pleasure, adult entertainment store, local areas where I guess I can be an adult. My friends, there is something called a mature rating. So let's talk about the word adult. Let's talk about the word mature. So if something has an M rating, if you look up what it means, it means that it has content that is generally suitable for persons ages 17 and up and may contain, listen, intense violence, blood and gore, sexual content, and or strong language. My dear friends, when did this list become suitable for anyone? This blows my mind. Content that is generally suitable for persons ages 17 and up. Things have gotten flipped on their heads in our society, and it's making my head want to explode. I just don't get it. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. (laughs) Like, we are supposed to transition from childishness to adulthood, where we actually think as an adult. We think um, as a man or as a woman, with responsibility. And my friends what we have done in our society is flipped that completely opposite. I mentioned the other day that Amy and I watched this movie and it was with Reese Witherspoon and Chris Pine and, and uh, it was, it was, it was horrible. And I'm going to tell you that it was one of the most childish and irresponsible movies that I've seen. It wasn't mature 
and it wasn't adult. <laughs> it was the opposite of that. And yet when you would describe the content of the movie, you would describe it as mature content or adult content. This is where things have gotten completely screwed up. And it's crazy, absolutely crazy that this movie that we watched was PG-13. I wouldn't recommend one 13-year-old to come anywhere near this movie. And how does this happen? How does this happen in our society? So my friends, what I'm calling for, I, I, I want to, to expose the lunacy of what's happening in our society. Because if we don't see it, if somebody doesn't say something, if somebody doesn't open our eyes and begins to, to actually talk about it to our society, to our children, then this culture becomes the loudest voice. It becomes what speaks to us. I don't want the writers of this horrific movie that my wife and I watched to be the ones that are speaking loudly to my children about anything. They are the most childish, poor, cheap writers I've ever come across. So we need to be the voice. We need to be the ones. We are the ambassadors of heaven that actually carry a strong and loud voice, not because we're just loud and obnoxious, but because we have love and compassion for people, because this is killing us. This loose, free sexual immorality is killing us, which is exactly what the Bible said it would. And here we are in the middle of it. And I believe that Christians have been guilty, parents have been guilty, pastors have been guilty of simply looking the other way and even participating in some of this crap that's happening in our culture. So what I'm calling for is a sexual revolution where we actually rise up and say, no, this is not good for us. This is oppressive. This is hurting us and our children. And it starts with culture. And as family goes, so goes the culture. So it begins with parents and children in our homes as we begin to openly discuss these issues that are rampant and that are hurting us. So do we send our kids to college as quote-unquote adults <laughs> to live childishly and unrestrained? No, it's a call to adulthood. It's a call to real adulthood. Or they actually go off to college and actually demonstrate the responsibility and maturity that comes with that age. But instead, we flipped it and we say, oh, we look the other way because it's time for them just to have fun. How many times have we heard that? Or, God forbid, it's because what you did, it's what you did in college. We sowed our oats. It's what we did. And to heck with consequences. And to heck with the fact that it might hurt you or that it's painful or that it creates baggage or pain. Come on, people. It's time to call for revolution because it's his higher way. It's his best way. And this younger generation, in my opinion, is dying from lack of leadership, lack of direction, lack of discipleship. And they are getting sick from eating something that was never theirs to eat. 
It's a loving boundary that was placed around them and about them by a loving father. And it should be the same boundary that's placed around them and about them by a loving mother and father here on earth's earth. It's what we're here for. And it's not just fear. This isn't a fear-based message. This is just about, about life and about maturity. And so I'm calling for you, parents, grandparents, to step up and be a voice of truth. And I know that we're worried that we're going to come off as some kind of uptight Puritans, that we don't believe in any fun. But if there was something that your children were ingesting that was hurting them, that might even have been fun for a moment or tasted good, would you let them eat it? That's what we're doing every day in our culture as we look the other way. So I'm calling and I'm closing with this. I'm calling for parents to be intentional. You've heard it so many times in my podcast. That's what this podcast is about, is to try to give you language, to try to help you as parents, as family members, as pastors, as leaders, as members of our community, to have a voice, to know how to speak about this, to be very intentional while your children are at home, but to also be intentional when they're out of the home. Yeah, but they're adults and they're doing their own thing. We have to let them be. Well, there's a place for that, unless they're hurting themselves. Then it requires intentional, intentionality. Why would you do that? Why would you get in their grill? Why would you get in their business? It's because you love them enough. See, silence can be interpreted as endorsement. Kids do it all the time. Adults do it all the time. Well, they're not saying anything, so it must be okay. That breaks my heart. You have to say something. You're not going to overstate. You cannot overstate the severity of the secular environment when our world, when our children enter into the world. It's severe. It's ugly. It's nasty. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything that the world is calling to your children to destroy them is out there. And I know that sounds like a big fear-mongering thing. But they just need to be educated. They actually carry light. They need to know what is, what's out there, and they need to know their strategy to come up against it. That's what we're here for as parents. Pastors, please be intentional. This is part of the sexual revolution, is that we begin talking about this in church. It's a big part of life. It's a big part of growing up. It's a big part of these teenagers that are in your church who are having hormonal changes and not knowing how to behave, and they're looking to their peers to try to give them some kind of guidance on how to behave with these hormonal changes. And then we're just quiet? Ah, we can't be quiet. I think parents are better than pastors, but pastors can point their children towards their parents to begin to have conversations so that it's not weird and it's not awkward. Parents, take some real steps to help combat this. Amy and I use something called Covenant Eyes, which is a, a, a program that we pay a monthly fee for that protects the content on our computers and gives us feedback on what's being searched on every computer so that our children know that we are protecting them and safeguarding them. Now, you may say, well, they have to learn to live pure outside of parental supervision. 
And I do agree with that. And there will be times and opportunities for them to be impure that we will have no control of, especially when they're older. But you don't take a pornographic magazine and set it on the coffee table and say, now kids, don't look at this. <laughs> that's not good parenting. But that's what a laptop is. Let's be super clear. That's what a laptop is. And we need to put safeguards around our children for that purpose because it hurts them. And oh, by the way, it hurts the people that they're looking at in pornography as well. Think about the ones who are posing in front of the cameras. They're in pain and they're hurting and probably being abused and exploited. Parents, don't freak out. <laughs> don't be afraid of your kids or the topic. Don't be afraid if your children make a mistake. It's because we walk them through and we disciple them. They may be childish, but we actually walk them through the truth. We walk them through repentance and we can walk them through forgiveness. It's a beautiful part of being in the kingdom. And I believe this with my whole heart, and this may raise some eyebrows as I say this, but I believe that, that virginity can be restored. I believe that we serve a supernatural God who is a God of restoration. It's what he does. And if we don't believe that our sins have been forgiven and that we are a new creation, then we don't understand the gospel message. And I believe that can be true if we make sexual mistakes in our life, no matter what our age is. There may be some of you who are listening to this and, and, and feeling condemnation, and that's not the purpose of this podcast at all. But I want to release to you the hope of restoration, not condemnation. The Father is in the business of restoring, and if we repent our sins to him and, and we ask him for forgiveness, guess where our sins go? As far as the east is from the west. And yes, there are sometimes consequences to our actions, but I believe he can actually restore virginity. And I believe that's the gift that we want to give for our someday spouses if we're single. If we've already given that away, I believe that the Holy Spirit can restore that. I believe that. It's called restored innocence. And that just makes me smile. Restored innocence. Isn't that what we all want? Because sometimes this world wears us down and exposes us to things that we wish we hadn't seen or heard. I'm an ER physician, believe me. <laughs> I wish there are things that I haven't seen or heard. <laughs> but I believe the Holy Spirit can bring restored innocence. It's what he does. He's a God of restoration and that we are new creations through the power of his blood. So if that's you of any age, and you're listening to this, and you're thinking, well, I already blew it. Everything he says sounds great, but that's not a culture that I've been living in. Then would you just bring it to the Father and just say, Father, restore me. I I, I see my sin in this, and I, and I don't like it. I want to live a pure and holy life because it's the best way. So I repent of my sins and I ask you to forgive them and to cleanse me and to make me whole inside, pure, white as snow. And I even ask you to restore my virginity if I've given that away. Because you're a good God. It's what you do. I believe the Father is faithful to answer that prayer. That's what the Bible says. And he will restore you even as you 
said those words with me. So I'm finishing up season two, and this has been such an incredible year. We're living in unprecedented times. And I've started talking about the sexual revolution and so fired me up that it's been series after series of podcasts. But I feel like I have one more because I want to I want to really summarize what I mean by a sexual revolution. Because I don't want this podcast to just be this ivory tower of Dr. Johnny going off and exposing exposing how how messed up things are without any kind of real solution. And so I'd like to offer you some points in the next podcast about what my, what my plan is for sexual revolution, where it starts. I think you know the answer is going to start with parents and children. But I want to give you real talking points. What we need to do to change and to affect culture. That's always been my heart. So go to pushbackculture.org and leave me a message, comments, questions, things you'd like me to talk about. We have a new variant of this coronavirus, and we're going to have to talk about that at some point here too. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in for this episode. And now let's go together to set and shape the culture. Mm-hmm.